Hello back and welcome to Green Cows Don't Fly. And as always, we're in the Green Room Cafe and I'm here with John. Hi, John. Hello, how are you today, B? Good. A question for you. Uh-huh. Death by cheese. We yes. had a um, conversation earlier. Do you think there's anybody ever died because of cheese? Oh, yeah. Or by cheese? I expect so. You know, one of those big wheels of cheese falling off one of those big racks, you know, bash under somebody's head. And flatten them. Yeah. What's the um, what's the one they always do? Yeah, um, parmesan. You know, those great big wheels of parmesan cheese. Sure, they don't want one of them landing in your head. Yeah, you probably got squashed by one of them. Yeah. You know anyway, par- that's not relevant, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, only, only, only for me to say I love parmesan. I'm, I, you know, I'm a late convert to parmesan, but I really love it. Yeah, I love any cheese apart from <clears throat> English cheese. Oh yes, yeah. oh, mine are like chil- that's not like Stilton. Stilton's all right, but but ah, but I, I could recommend you a good strong um, cheddar. A really good strong well, cheddar is nice. Good strong cheddars, but you can't beat those good strong some of the Swiss cheeses that are yeah. really like cave aged for God knows how long, and they yeah. just. Oh, they're lovely. Well, anyway. well, 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 I don't suppose it's us, but I suppose the Americans give us Dairy Lee. I'm guessing it's the Americans give us Dairy Lee. Is it <laughs> Americans? Well, I suspect Kraft, I, be- I think that belongs to Kraft Dairy Lee and Kraft's an American firm, I think. And, uh, yeah, there's not, uh, it's kind of like an amorphous white sludge of some sort. <laughs> glue. <laughs> yeah, glue. Uh, Use its polyfiller in your house. Well, I can't, can't, I can't see boxes of it turning up to the... Uh, Green Cow Studio after that ringing endorsement, can you? <laughs> no, I, and I don't mind, to be honest. I can live without it. Uh... I can live without it as well. <laughs> Definitely. Right, good. Anyway. Oh, well, where are we today then? So we're, um, is it chapter, chapter 11? Chapter 11. Chapter 11 of the story. Oh, okay. And, and, oh, um, here, there's Brian, bang on oh, time. Oh, I was going to say, there comes Brian. Yeah, just getting off the bus. He's always getting off the bus. We need to find a better. <laughs> We've introducing him, don't we? Oh, he's just getting off the bus. <laughs> he's just uh, alighting from the flying saucer because he lives on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Different planet altogether. Mm. Hello, Brian. Hello, Brian. Hello, both. Can we press on quickly as I need to be somewhere soonest? Yep, okay, Brian, because we're in a hurry as well. Yes, exactly. Now let's get on with it. Chapter 11. The Vortex. The questers are in the club lounge when Captain Cartano enters. We have reached a vortex, a dangerous swelling mass of water where two oceans meet. We must pass through it and catch the mystical slingshot that will hurl us towards the Milky Way far away. Sounds dangerous, says Moonbeam. Yes, it is, and we will probably perish trying, but is our only hope? Ha ha ha! What must we do? We must play a game of chance. That was Aloja, by the way. Oh, yes. Says Aloja. We must play a game of chance. What's involved? Says Grandolf. First, we go to the promenade deck. And we must play it outdoors, says Cartano. The questers look at one another with dubious expressions on their faces. Don't look so worried. I am beat fully on your mission. I am here to help. I'm not sure about that. Oh. <laughs> Shut up, Alexa. <laughs> Shut up. We 
did she say? She said something, something, I'm not sure about that. Cool. I'll write a line for you next week. (laughs) (laughs) And again. Don't look so worried. I'm briefed fully on your mission. I am here to help. Your task is perilous, and you will need someone brilliant if you are to succeed. That someone is me. To the promenade deck, quickly, there is no time to lose. Once there, Cartano sets up a small folding table, similar to one you might ply cards on. And he takes a leather pouch from a small drawer on the table side. Where did he get that table from? I don't, I don't know, maybe, it was, maybe he had it in, inside his tunic or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hidden on the knees. <laughs> or one of those, uh, I've got this sort of vision of him running around in kind of ruffs and sort of pantaloons, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's like the, the Mary Poppins handbag, there's everything in it. Yeah, well, yeah it, could be, it could be a magic handbag, couldn't it? Sort of multi-dimensional handbag. My yeah. mum's got a handbag like that. You, you need it. She, she's got it in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She had underpants in there. She's got a Swiss Army knife in there, matches, one of those fold-up glasses, plastic oh, glasses. She's got yeah. everything in her handbag. It's um, quite worrying, actually. Well, I actually sort of to say to Mrs. Johnny, uh, Mrs. John, who am I, I'm John, and to say to Mrs. John, you know, she was hunting stuff th- through her handbag. Oh, God's sake, you should be able to find it. Then, then at one point, I got a man bag, you know, one of those satchel things when they were all the rage. I yeah. never found a bloody thing in it. Exactly. <laughs> Where's my glasses? Right, where's my, where's my car keys? Right, you lose everything in them. But uh, <laughs> I've, See, I've assured the hand. We don't yeah. have yeah, and that's why mm-hmm. I don't. That's why I don't either. <laughs> Trust me, there was a time they were on Vogue. Many, many, many years ago. Many, many years, many years ago. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, what have we said? Right. Uh, folding table. Yeah, folding table. Put that out. Yeah. Small, yes. Okay. Inside are a golden goblet and three multifaceted dice with 12 triangular faces on each. The faces have peculiar-looking symbols, holographian numbers. The dices are of different colours, one red, one green, and one white. From another drawer, he removes a strange-looking chart with runes and symbols. It resembles a game-playing board, sort of Monopoly on acid. (laughs) Now, sorry, we will now trust the luck to the game of chance, says Cartano. Do a bet on it! says Crazal. No, we allow it to choose our fate, Catano says. He places the dice in the goblet and covers the top with the palm of his hand. As he shakes the goblet, he intones, Ebel, Debel, Double Do. I wrote... Ebel, Debel, Double Do. I wrote the dice. <laughs> I think you should say it when you're playing, you know, Snakes and Ladders with the family at Christmas, you should say this as well. Ebel, Debel, Dabble Do. Anyway, yeah, he says... By the way, the world depends on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's part, of, it's part of the game, isn't it? Yeah, this must have some kind of importance at some point. Ebel, Debel, Dabble Do. I roll the dice and I roll them through. Then he tips them lightly onto the board. A red six, a white three, and a green four. He translates the value of the symbols. Right, let's see. Um, that's eleven, says Crazel. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find it's actually thirteen, says Grandolf. Aye, sorry, of course. Aye, definitely thirteen. Crazel blushes. Meanwhile, the boat starts turning slowly through in its large elliptical circle. It's coming closer to the vortex. Should the massive whirlpool pull them through its centre, certain failure and doom awaits. Cartano looks at Crazel and a little askance. As someone who's supposed to be a high-flying questing hero, his math skills seem to be less than impressive. 
We must roll the dice for our second goal. The game calls for them to be rolled a minimum of four times. Ha <laughs> ha, says Cortano. A red six, a white three, a green four, once more. What are the chances of that? Says Moonbeam. Okay, let's see. Um, ah, that's eleven, says Crazel. <laughs> it's the same numbers again, Crazel. It's thirteen again, you burk. Stops Crandolf. Oh, sorry. What am I thinking about? Yes, of course, thirteen, mumbles Crazel. Randolph and Cartano exchange looks of disbelief before Cartano gathers the dice again. Third goal, he says. A red six. Uh, hang yeah. on, that's oh. me. Oi! Yeah. <laughs> Don't steal my lines. I've got hardly any in this <laughs> episode. <laughs> What's your line? Look. A red six, a white three, oh, says yeah, yeah. Pristina. <laughs> oh, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It's on me. It's on me. Does, does she really have See, to have a line? Bloody artists. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for her money, I shouldn't wonder. Uh, right, okay. So, so shall, shall, I, shall I pick it up from third go and then you can do yes. that? Yes. Or do we leave this shamble, shambolic bit in? Yeah, we'll leave this shambolic thing in okay. it. Okay, right. Third go, he says. A red six, a white three, a green four again. And all on the same dice three times in a row. OMG, what are the chances of that? Quasel says nothing and looks at the floor, avoiding eye contact with the others. Youngest elder. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how many does that make, Quasel? Laughs me. Laughs the youngest elder. Okay, um, let's see. That's, uh, that's 11 again, isn't it? Says Crazel. Oh, for fuck's sake, says Cartano. Tell me, Crazel, have you ever seen a TV show called Friends? No, why do you ask? Because you you remind me of one of its characters, Joey Tribbiani. Nice guy, but he's not the sharpest in the box. She says... Grandolf is trying to work out the probability of the same three numbers coming up on the same three dice on three consecutive rolls. He estimates already it probably runs into many millions to one. As he ponders this, Cartano places the dice back in the goblet again. Ibble, dibble, double do. Ibble, dibble, double do. I roll the dice and I roll them through, he says as he tips them out for the fourth time. The boat's, <laughs> the boat's circling motion is picking up pace as it gets drawn closer to the raging centre of the vortex. The tumultuous rushing of the angry waters becoming even louder. Ooh, a bit like real writing there. That's a bit dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> now look, amigos, this is getting pretty scary. For the fourth time, we have a red six, a white three, and a green floor. The odds of it happening on the spin four times in a row are mind-bogglingly astronomical, says Cartano. It worries me too. I believe some evil spell or enchantment has been cast around us and is at work, causing you to roll the same number combination every time. It seems to me the spell's purpose is, for good or bad, for us all to roll the same combination for five consecutive times. Is there some kind of significance? Should this happen? Says Grandolf. Yes, it is called by those who study the law of probability, the Wangaroo Scenario. Come on, control, control. 
The odds of it occurring are off the charts. It has only ever happened once before, says Cartano. The boat's speed is increasing. We must decide if I should make the fifth throw, says Cartano. Why? says Moonbeam. Because if I throw it again and we do land the Wangaroo, then the consequences could be cataclysmic. <laughs> cataclysmic? Where'd that come from? <laughs> In a good or bad way, says Grandolph. That is our dilemma, for the Wangaroo may befall us something terrible, but equally it may be also... <laughs> But equally, it may also deliver us something great and mightily to our advantage, says Cartano. Meanwhile... It's a bit of a lottery, isn't it? It is, actually, Throw the dice and either die or throw the dice or live, (laughs) basically. Or just get the hell out of there. (laughs) Yeah, and just reverse the boat and go home. Yeah, home for a nice cup of tea in the hayloft, or a glass of blackcurrant wine in the hayloft, (laughs) something like that. Uh, You know my theory, but I'll not go into it again about Raymeers and people like that. Yes, no, don't. No, right. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, Crazel has been deep in thought. Grandolf notices him now mouthing something to himself while counting up and using his fingers. Hey, just a second, Captain C. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't your fourth float actually, in fact, only another eleven? Cartano's hand goes to the hilt of his sword and a look of rage crosses his face. He grinds his teeth. Grandolf places his hand over Cartano's hand. Time is running short, and we must now decide how we proceed. I think, Crazel, it may be best if you leave the decision and counting to Captain Cartano, says the youngest elder, very sensibly, I have to say as well. (laughs) (laughs) So what are our options then, says Grandolf? Should we go with the four flows so far? The masters of law call it the mini wangaroo. It can also... Hang on, hang on. What was that? <laughs> Apparently, they go for, they do, four throws is a mini, a mini wangaroo, wangaroo yeah, isn't so it? Not, not a full wangaroo, is it? You know, so it's just a mini one. This is the mini one. The, the maxi wangaroo. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> the full nine yards wangaroo. Uh, right. I'm going to do that line again because I didn't really get it out. Right. Should we go with the four throws so far? The masters of law call it the mini wangaroo. It can also be good or treacherous, although the outcome, whatever it is, will not be as far-reaching in either circumstance, Cortano says. Here's a line-up for grabs. And what is your gut feeling on how best to proceed? I am minded to throw caution to the wind, as the full wangaroo may grant us immediate extrication from our plight, and in one fell swoop may take us right out of the vortex's gravity, setting a course for the Milky Way far away. So they hang on a minute. So the full wangaroo, right, make them go through the vortex. Yeah, they might be able to go through the vortex. Not, it's not a given though. Could be, could be a bad thing as could well. Could be either way. Could yeah, be and, right. And, and the mini wangaroo is pretty much the same, really. <laughs> it is, isn't it? So what's the point of throwing it once more? Well, exactly. I don't know. Silly bloody idea. Who <laughs> ever thought up the rules? This game needs, needs a big boot up the backside. I think. Yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'll have a word with them, whoever it is. We ever find out who it is, right? <laughs> He's paying for coffees today, that's for sure. Yeah, well, right, OK. Um, My thoughts too, Cartano. I did wonder whether perhaps it is fate that makes this happen, and should we receive, and should we achieve a wangaroo, <laughs> then it may benefit us greatly, says Grandolf. I am a gambler, and it is my... No, oh, no, 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 shit. <laughs> I am a gambler, and it's my vote that we... Oh, Jesus, this is going all the way up 
I'm a gambler, and it's my vote that we chance all on getting the full wangaroo. For I too believe that we should strike it lucky, then our reward will be something truly beneficial. Although, I still think that last row was an eleven, says Crezel. Right, moving on, before I regret the consequences of any rash actions in the face of such total imbecility. It would seem we have decided to trust our luck and roll the dice for one last time. Very well, let it be so, says Cartano, glaring at Crazel. He then gathers the dice from the table and puts them in the goblet. His brow becomes bedewed with perspiration as he places his hand over the goblet. Give him a good shake now, says Crazel. Cartano takes the goblet and the dice rattle loudly inside. He blows on the goblet. Ebel, dibble, double do. I roll the dice, and I roll them through. His voice breaks with the tension of the moment, and for the fifth time, he rolls them onto the playing board. Grandolf looks on, his fearful expression changing to wonder as the dice settle into place. Cranky O'Reilly! It's only another red six, a white three, and a green four, he gasps. Eleven again! What the hell? Says Chris. <laughs> you still can't count. Moron! Roars Cartano and kicks Crazel up the arse as hard as he can. The force Good. nearly sending him. Finally, <laughs> they've probably done it after the second one. The force nearly sending him, Crazel, that is, over the deck safety rail. H! Yells Crazel. Praise the gods! It is the Wangaroo! Whispers Cartano. <laughs> Not very whispery. Grandolf, forgetting himself in the heat of the moment, punches the air like a premiership's football striker before doing one of those funny little celebratory dances no one knows the significance of. It makes him look like a complete and utter prat. Then, out of nowhere, there comes a deafening rumbling sound. Lightning rents the brooding clouds above the ever-fasting spinning ship. No, it's not, it's not good. Lightning rents the brooding clouds above the ever-faster spinning ship and icy, stinging rain falls, soaking him to the skin as it lashes down. Get ready for a booming voice. A booming voice comes from on high. Captain Cartano, you have thrown the fabled and almost safe for one time previously, Rangaroo. As you are the dice man responsible for throwing the dice, you must offer for inspection the dice and the throwing goblet. So we verify them as being a genuine Wangaroo trademark accessories before things can progress any further. Excellent. Good booming voice, sir. I'll, I'll, I'll put a bit of jollop on that, I think. Give it a bit of, bit of added sort of from okay. the clouds feel. Yeah, I think so. We'll go. Yeah, a bit, a bit of that, yeah. A rope descends from the sky with a wicker basket attached on the end. <laughs> Do you know, that reminds me of something. A rope from the sky with a wicker yeah. basket. We had... Um, I was just digressing here. We, we had uh, family friends. They lived in Zurich, in the centre of town, in a top floor, one of the higher apartments, you know, sort of sixth floor or something. And they had a cat. But they wanted the cat to be an outside cat. So what they had is a basket and a rope. <laughs> and they put the cat in the basket and let it down from the window upstairs. <laughs> and the cat hopped out, did his thing, and in the evening the cat would hop back into the basket and they'll pull it back up. Yeah, but imagine, I can imagine people on floor four, you know, cat goes by in the basket. What's <laughs> that? That's the cat going out for a slash. <laughs> it goes, goes back up again <laughs> ten seconds later. <laughs> and I could just imagine the cat going up and down as yeah. they sit having dinner, chicken or something, and the cat sort of looking through the window going, yeah. mm-hmm. and going down. <laughs> past people, feel, people getting oh, used no. to it. Getting the tidbits as it goes by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
swiping a bird as it goes. Yeah, brilliant. That's very interesting. Let's see what I want. Ingenuity. Can't think of the word. It's a long, happy life. Yeah, going well, up and down good. in the basket. As long as it didn't jump out on the sixth floor, I suppose it was okay. No, he was really clever like that. He just, um, he was fine. You know, he just got up and down yeah. for years. Oh, it would become a feature. You know, I bet you the stadiums use that as a feature. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Bye here, and you'll see the famous cat in a basket. Um, right, well, right, the booming voice bring, now. Bring, bring right. voice again, yes, come on then. The um, rope comes from down, from up above the sky. With a bigger basket. Um, right. Place the dice and gobble it in the basket and then give three tugs on the rope. Continues the booming voice. Captain Cartano places the items in the basket as requested and immediately someone from above draws it up through the clouds. Thank you. That will be all for now. Please wait a moment or two. You again, as Elogia. Why? Oh, it's Elogia. <laughs> says Elogia. Haven't a clue. Ha <laughs> ha, says Cartano. What must we do now? Says Grandal. We must wait, I guess, says Cartano. So, what are they waiting for? Well, Whether yeah, to be well, let through the vortex or not, presumably, isn't it? Yeah, I think they'll have to have their uh, paraphernalia ratified and passed as being, you know, up to snuff. And then we'll get a, we'll get a uh, decision from on high. From on high, whether or not they can go through the vortex. Yes, and then see where they go after that, if they do get through there. Yeah. Hmm, mm-hmm. you never know. Well, what they about that end then? up back in the, in the loft. It could, well, Mrs. Yeah. Gubbins. <laughs> Mrs. Gubbins there all the time pulling the strings. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was her with a basket. It probably was. cleaning basket, maybe. It's probably an elaborate hoax of some sort. Maybe. Well, remains to be seen. Anyway, I suppose we've got to get old Brian on the go here. It's his bit soon. Oh, yeah, it's his bit about the um, horoscope. Brian! Ah, yes, or as I like to think of it, the best bit of the show. Today, I have prepared a reading for Tarquin. He's a friend of Gerald's. He loves my bit and has asked for it as a special favour. This week the stars are aligned in a straight curve. This means someone, called Brian will come along and steal all your donuts. But rest assured, Mars will help you defend your baked goods. Eat them quick and before Tuesday. And all will be fine. Make sure you'll lick your fingers when you finish to hide all evidence of ever owning them. Meanwhile, don't water the lawn. Nothing to do with the stars, but the sun. It's going to be scorchier this week, and the Acme Water Company has just introduced a hose pipe ban. Well, there we are. God knows what Thank Tarkin. Thank you for that, Brian. Yeah, yeah what? What's, <laughs> we'd like to be Tarquin. I feel very unsettled after that. Yeah, you're going to lose all your donuts unless you eat them quick. I think that's just an excuse to scoff. A yeah, I think so. Really. Uh, donuts are nice, though. What's your favourite donut? Well, uh, actually, I've got other things that I prefer, but it yeah, has to yeah, have chocolate in it. Obviously. All right, chocolate, though, well, I thought it would. See, now, I'm, I'm reverting to type, I like a jam donut. Yeah, I do like them too, but I, I'm, I'm not that... No, I can't say that on air. 
<laughs> Treacherous deep, then. Treacherous yeah, deep. but back home they're just nice and fluffy. Here I find them a bit greasy. I ah, yes, say. yes. Well, they, <laughs> in Belfast uh, they call them gravy rings. Great! Oh, god! But and, and they're called gravy rings. I could, I can never work out why they're called gravy rings, but they're called gravy rings because gravy. some people call oil. They call oil gravy, so they cook chips in what they call gravy sometimes. Uh, but it's really oil. But the gravy rings are the you know the round ones with the uh, hole in the middle. And gravy rings are lovely, you know, because again, in, in Northern Ireland is brilliant food, food culture. You know, they've got great um, regional things that you, you can't get here. Oh, and okay. Their bacon is fantastic. I mean, I don't mean bacon as in <laughs> bacon. I mean, they're baking. You know, they've got so many different types of bread over there that that we oh, just don't nice. that we just don't have here. And mm. and things called Belfast baps. Mm. Belfast baps. They're just they're just crusty rolls, but they're to die for. I'm anyway. hungry now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Belfast terrace board. You know what? <laughs> get me loads Sponsor of stuff. Sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, please. That's what we need. But yeah, we've come to the end of another fantastic episode. We're going to have left a cliffhanger in the book, you know. Where's what's yes. going to happen? What's the cliffhanger know. again? Oh, yeah, the I, vortex. In the vortex. vortex. <laughs> Will they go through the vortex? I don't Won't know. Will they go through the vortex? Well, we shall tune see. Tune in next tune week. In, tune in next week. And in the meantime, the I think... The vortex has swallowed you up. As Captain Cartano might say, I think we must vamos. <laughs> Vamanos. <laughs> goodbye. Yes, Goodbye. Cheery, oh.